Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Uh, This is our last week in a series, uh, Can You Hear Me Now? Next week, we start a new series uh, called Insider Trading. It's going to be really good. Uh, But uh, this week, Insider Trading in a good way, okay? Not in a bad way. Um, But uh, this week, we're finishing our our series. It's been a four-week series. Uh, Can You Hear Me Now? Over the last three weeks, we have uh, tried to answer the following questions. We've tried to answer, is God hearing me? Am I hearing God? And then how do I respond to God when he speaks? Those have been the three questions we've we've been answering over the last three weeks. If you haven't had an opportunity to hear those messages, man, you can go to the podcast and listen to those or download our, our app, our church app, South Coast Christian, and you can listen to those podcasts. But this week, uh, we're going to try to answer the question, how do I maintain a healthy connection to God? How do I maintain a healthy connection to God? I want to begin by sharing some very practical thoughts to this question, and the last thought that I want to share today, we're going to spend the majority of our time, and I believe it's going to open up a new new question that I believe we are all interested in finding the answer to. So here are some practical thoughts in how do I maintain a healthy connection or a healthy communication with God. We've talked about already, like I said, we talked about, am I hearing God? Is God hearing me? And how do I respond to God? But how do we day in, day out, every single moment of our week, how do I stay connected to God? Because we really should try to stay connected to God because he should be our very, very best friend. He should be closer to you than your wife or than your husband. He should be closer to you, this is a tough one, than your children. He needs to be the closest thing in your life. Because he loves you, he died for you, he set you free from your sins, and we need to honor that, and we need, we need to dig in, we need to go closer to God, not further away. So how do we do that? The first thing I want to share with you today is you need to set aside time with God. For communication to be successful, for a relationship to be successful, you've got to have some designated time. You can't expect a relationship to grow or communication to grow with someone if you don't designate time to be with that person. You can't expect healthy communication if there's no time allotted. The Bible says in James 4.8, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Now, when I read a scripture like that, that's a promise. There are promises in the Bible. You can even get a promise book. They sell those at the Bible bookstore. It's a really cool thing. And you can start reading the promises of God's word. When you read a promise like that, you need to attach your faith to that promise. So draw near to God and he will draw near to me. If you, have, if you felt like you've been distanced from God, guess what? Start drawing near to God. Start spending more and more time with God. Start allotting a time in the morning. God, I'm going to give you the first 15 20 minutes of my day, and I want to talk with you. Before you go to bed, God, do you have anything to share with me today? Start spending time with God. To develop a healthy relationship, you got to include him in every area of your life. So include God in everything. Think about a healthy marriage. 
A healthy marriage is not just built around the big events of life. It's not built around just the wedding or the anniversary or the first child or whatever it might be. No, a healthy marriage is built upon daily activities. Every single day you're spending time with your spouse or you're connecting with your spouse. You're calling your spouse. You're building a relationship. Guess what? It's the same thing with God. We need to include him in every area of our life. We need to allow him to come into our life. To be, don't be so naive to think that you can keep secrets from God. It started in the very beginning when Adam and Eve first sinned. Do you remember what happened? When God started walking through the garden, all of a sudden Adam decided to hide. He just went away. He didn't think that God could see him anymore. I'm going to hide. Oh, I'm got, I can't do that because i got to keep preaching. But Adam literally had this thought that he could hide from God. I want to just debunk that whole thought. You cannot hide from God. You cannot hide one single activity from God. So why not invite him in to every area of your life? Why not just say, hey, Lord, I invite you into everything of my life. I know for some of you, Pastor Tom, that's so weird. When I'm sitting on the toilet, Pastor Tom, are you seriously? I'm just saying the presence of God can go with you everywhere. He can be with you at all times. Don't leave him out of your life. And I'll guarantee you something's going to take place when you start including him in everything. Watch what will take place in your life. You will build a more intimate relationship with him than you've ever had before. And then in those times of lives when you really need the mercy and the grace of God, guess what? It's going to appear to you because you have that deep relationship with him. The third thing, if you want to build a relate, more of a relationship with God and communication with God, hang out where God wants to hang out. That's a really simple statement. But hang out where God wants to hang out. You need to learn to do the things that God wants to do. I've heard people say they don't feel close to God. They feel like God is silent. And I would respond with this thought. Make God priority. Give him an opportunity to hang out with you. Go to places that God wants to go to. Be a And I'm not saying that God won't go with you. But you know what? If every night you're down at the club, whoa, and you're just, guess what? God's probably going to get tired of that, okay? He's going to say, okay, enough is enough. I'm not going to, you're on your own on this one. You got to start hanging out where God wants to hang out. When Jesus first met Matthew, if you remember the story, in fact, with all the disciples, when Jesus met Matthew, he said, hey, Matthew, do you mind can I just hang out with you today? Can I follow you around today? Is that how the story goes? No, he walks up to Matthew and says, and Matthew's in the tax collector's booth. He says, hey, Matthew, follow me. He didn't follow, Ma Jesus didn't try to follow Matthew. Matthew started following God. You got to want to hang out where God wants to hang out. If you want to maintain a healthy connection with God, then you have to make him priority. If you're constantly hanging out at places that promote sin, 
guess what? Or has little value, guess what? Then you have created an environment that is adverse to the desires of God. If you're always hanging out at places that are promoting sin, you are creating an environment that is adverse to what God wants to do. And if you want to find out why God is distanced from you, Start removing those things away from your life that are creating that sinful desires, those sinful things that God says, step away from that stuff, and you start coming to church. Start being about God. Start showing up to different events where you can serve and love Jesus. Watch what will happen. Remember, God hates sin, but man, he loves people. He hates sin, but he loves people. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Matthew 6, where we hang out and what we do should not conflict with God's kingdom and his righteousness. The next way we want to maintain a healthy relationship with God, get involved and serve. Get involved and serve. If you want to have a better connection with God, man, serve. By serving others, man, you are literally serving God himself. It's what it says in Scripture. When you do it to the least of these, you're doing it unto me. And when we start serving God, when you start serving others, you're serving God. Remember, Jesus himself didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Paul writes this powerful words in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. He says, never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That's a big word, enthusiastically. And I was thinking about that today. We are never called to just serve God half-hearted. He wants your whole heart. He wants every part of you. And you know what? There's times that you have to actually stir yourself up to be enthusiastic about God. But you know what? I believe God will honor that in your life when all of a sudden he sees someone that is so filled with faith that he believes, even if I don't feel it right now, God, your word says that I'm called to serve you enthusiastically. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to have the faith to believe, Lord God, that you're going to give me the power today to do something that when I stepped into this building today, I didn't feel like I had the strength to do. And all of a sudden, God starts to fill you with his spirit. He starts to let's baptize you with the power of his spirit. And all of a sudden, those things that are sinful, those things that all of a sudden are trying to distract you from the things of God, they start to fall off. And all of a sudden, you start feeling the spirit of God empower you in a greater way than you could have ever imagined. And it's by your willingness to step out in faith and put your trust in God. Serve God. Don't be lazy. Serving is at the very heart of God. When we serve, we are creating an environment that, where God wants to reside. When you start serving others, when you start greeting, when you start being a part of the Christmas tree lighting, when you start just being a part of in two weeks where all of a sudden the kids are going to dress, I got to get involved in children's ministry, and I want to start serving in a greater way. And you start doing that. Guess what? You're creating an environment where God says, yeah, I'm about that. In fact, I would say this, and I'm going to step on some toes here today. Whoo, Sorry. Lord, I hope this is from you. It is. Because it's not from me. It's coming. If all you ever do is sit and receive, 
you've just hit your limit. You will never go beyond where you're at right now if you're just going to sit and receive. There's at some point, you got to step out of your comfort zone. And I know, just let me share a couple. There's a couple people that are singing up here on stage. You might not know this. They are so far out of their comfort zone. They are so far. That's not, and yet God is using them, and, he, and they're stepping out in faith, greater and greater opportunity. And guess what? God continues to flow. You don't know what God wants to do in your life unless you start willing, be having a willingness heart to serve. Step out in faith. Put your trust in God. Watch what God will do. He will speak to you. You will have a better connection with God than ever before in your life because you're creating an environment where he can use you. Fifth thing I want to share with you today, make church a priority. By building community with God's friends, you are strengthening your relationship with the body of Christ. We find inspiration by meeting together and encouraging one another. When you stay connected to the body of Christ, you stay in greater connection with God himself. There's something powerful when we worship together in unity and in faith. It's the environment that God can do amazing things in and through your life. The Bible says these words in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Isn't that good? Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to continue to encourage one another each and every day. We need to stay connected to the body of Christ. The gathering, the gathering together as a church in so many ways in today's culture is taking the backseat to so many other priorities that we have in our life. As a pastor, I get concerned about that trend where a regular tender is now considered to be a person that attends once a month. I'm concerned. Where does that lead us for the next generation? Where does that take us for my, my children, my grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren? If all of a sudden, if I'm living in a society that the commitment of attending, and I'm not, if you're here and you tend one, Ben, it's not me throwing, I don't, I'm just sharing, okay? So give me a pass here, okay? Because I love you here. I don't want you to stop showing up just because I'm preaching God's word. If God's word is convicting you, you need to stay in the house. Because, man, why are you attending church if you're not getting convicted by God? Why would you be going to a church where you're not feeling any life change in your life? Why would you do that? We need to be in a place that all of a sudden life change is happening in our lives. We need to set the example for the future generations. We need to set the example for our children, for our grandchildren, for our great-grandchildren. We need to be about the things that God is about. And it says in Scripture that Christ loves his church. And if Christ, that's Jesus, if Jesus loves his church, all the more that I should love his church. I should love it more than anything else but, but God himself because I love the people of God. You see what I'm saying? I love those who are lost that need to get saved. We love 
people here at South Coast Christian. I don't care what they look like. I don't care how they come in. I love people because God declares to me that I am supposed to love people. Love God, love others. Two greatest commandments he gives us. Let's start loving one another. How are you going to love the people of God if you stay locked up in your house each and every day watching your TV or doing whatever you want to do and you're never coming into the body of Christ and you're celebrating one another where you can get a word of encouragement where all of a sudden someone can speak into your life or you Imagine that, you speak into someone else's life. We're all of a sudden, we're encouraging one another. So you know what? We're going to serve Christ with our whole heart. We're going to love God. I'm going to keep going. God is good. Leads me to my next thought. Notice in verse 24 of that scripture that I just read, if you can put that scripture back in. On the screen, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Notice there it says, motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Which I think those two things are really hand in hand. An act of love will, will naturally follow into good works. Do you know what I'm saying? Act of love and good works. To maintain a healthy connection with, to maintain a healthy connection with God, we need to be about the work of God. Christ is building his church. He is building his church through those who have chosen to follow him. We have been assigned the mission to help Jesus build his church by reaching people for Jesus. And we need to be in unity with that mission. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, the first part of 14 and the last part of verse 16, he says, You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. The word good deeds, is, or the word deeds in this scripture is the Greek word ergon. The Greek word ergon. It's the same Greek word that I shared in Hebrews chapter 10 where it says motivate one another to acts of good works. This Greek word is commonly translated as works or deeds. The word means your work, your labor, your action. It's referring to what you are accomplishing. What are you accomplishing with your life? What are you accomplishing with the life that God has given you? Okay, there was a change there. I don't know that all of you caught it, and it wasn't even in my notes, but it's coming out just right there. What are you doing with your life? That's sometimes how we think. God wants you to think, what are you doing with the life I gave you? There's a difference in how we think there. Because one is promoting myself, me, myself, and I. What am I doing in my life? What's happening? Or the other, way, the other way we look at things is what am I doing with the life that God has given me? As followers of Christ, we are called to be committed to God's work. We are called to be about the business of good works. Jesus told his disciples in John 20, verse 21, as the Father sent me, so I send you. We are to represent the love of God to a world that desperately needs Jesus. God loves his children, and he wishes that each and every child would be in communion with him, that none would ever perish. There's an interesting revelation that is given to John in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. John shares about a vision 
that he has about seven churches when he is on the Isle of Patmos. He's been boiled in oil, if you didn't know that, John the disciple. He's the one that was not martyred, that we don't have record of his martyr. But he was boiled in oil, and then he was sent to an island to be basically isolated by himself. It was the island of Patmos. And while he's on this island, he has a vision that is given to him by God. And in chapter 3, John focuses on three of the seven churches. In chapter 2, he focuses on four churches. In chapter 3, he focuses on the three churches. The church of Sardis, the church of Philadelphia, and the church of Laodicea. In each of these churches, the Lord begins with this statement. I know your deeds. I know your works. Let me give you a brief synopsis of each church. The church in Sardis looked good from the outside, but John shares the message from the Lord, I know your deeds. This is the same Greek word as I was sharing before, ergon, same Greek word. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And the Lord calls upon them to wake up. You see, God didn't give up on them. Just because they were dead, he doesn't give up. He says, wake up, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. John is declaring to wake up. The next church John mentions is a church in Philadelphia that is not in Pennsylvania. It's a city in Lydia in Asia Minor. The Lord says, I know your deeds. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. And then the Lord shares with them, he says, you have the promise of heaven. The next church mentioned is Laodicea. It's the seventh and last church that John has a vision about. And John shares this message from the Lord. He says, I know your deeds. Again, the third church, he says, I know your deeds. That you are neither hot nor cold, or cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Catch that. I'm about to. He hasn't spit him out of the mouth yet. But he's about to. He's like, have you ever tasted that? And you put it in your mouth and you just go, and you're ready, but you can't spit it out yet because you're in public. You don't want to make that. Man, you're just wanting. See, sometimes when we become lukewarm to God, that's what happens with God. It's just like, oh, this doesn't taste good. Man, I wish they were either hot or cold. No one wants a lukewarm drink. You know what I'm saying? God wants you to be hot for him, hot for the things of God, hot for serving God. He doesn't want anybody to walk in just half-hearted. He wants your entire heart serving him. Amen. Basically, the scripture continues by saying, you think you have everything and you don't need anything, but in reality, you are wretched, you are pitiful, you are deceived. And then God calls them to repent. And he says in Reve- Revelation chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Have you ever been disciplined by God? I have. I've even been rebuked by God. And I can come back to this scripture and say, God loves me. Do you discipline your children? Why? Because you love them. See, don't take everything negative. You get disciplined. Man, God loves me today. Thank you, Lord. What would happen if we started thanking the Lord for those opportunities where all of a sudden he starts to discipline? Man, Lord, Thank you for loving me enough, Lord, to show me the right way. I'm just sharing. So many times we walk around like this, and man, God, you beat me up. What if we walked in faith? Man, God loves me enough 
to show me the right way. That's a whole other message. I'm about ready to preach it. I can't. I got to finish this message first. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is the great reminder that it's never too late to come back to God. It is never too late. You have never done anything in your life that would, for, for, for all time, that would ever keep you from having a relationship with God. If you earnestly turn your heart to Christ and say, God, forgive me of my sins, enter into my life, take control of my life, I want to choose to follow you. He is at the door of your life knocking. Are you ignoring the knock? Or you walk up and say, come in and let him have control. You see, some, for some of you, it's really scary because you know what's in your life. And if you open that door, Pastor Tom, you don't know what. God already knows, dummy. <laughs> You're not going to surprise God. He already knows. He just wants your permission to come in and clean up house a little bit. He just wants permission. Let me walk in. Let me do a little cleaning. Today, my wife and I, we're going to go home and clean house today. I'm looking forward to it because it's a little too dirty. I'm going to clean house today. Anybody that wants to help me clean my house, come on over today. We're going to clean house today. All you're doing when God is knocking, I'm here. I'm ready to start cleaning house. Man, invite him in. You're going to feel so much better. God loves you, and he wants you to be part of his family. Don't waste the opportunity to make that decision. To follow Jesus. The decision is as easy as inviting Jesus into your life. It's just so simple. He hasn't made it difficult. You don't really even have to do anything but to believe. Believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. That he died for your sins. Confess from your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And choose to walk away from your sin. And thank him for the forgiveness of your sins. We're going to just pause for just a moment because in a few minutes we will be water baptizing right here. Because some people have decided that man, it's time. I want to I want to make a public declaration that I'm going to be water baptized. They want to follow Jesus. I'm excited because we have several members of one family that have chosen to be baptized today. But today, I'd be amiss if I didn't invite others who want to take that step. And you're here today, and your heart is turning, and you know that you need to follow that step to make that public declaration. And can I share something that, man, God just downloaded just now to me? It's not just making a declaration to all the people here. I think there's something powerful when you follow in water baptism that you're making a declaration to the enemy itself, the devil. That I have made a decision today that for me and my household, me, myself, and I, I'm going to serve the Lord. And if you want to make that decision, in fact, if you don't know Christ, I encourage you to go in the lobby right now because Pastor Johnny's back there, Stephanie's back there. They can share with you the message of Christ. And if they feel you're ready, which I feel like you'll be ready if you repent of your sins, guess what? You can be water baptized right now today. At the end of this service, we're going to baptize people. What does that mean, Pastor Tom? It's a symbol. John the Baptist was baptized. Even Jesus, some of you might not know, even Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. And when he was baptized, 
He went into the water, and when he came out, the heavens opened, and, and Heavenly Father said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. And it was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. It was a commitment, a greater commitment level. And for some of you, you need to make that commitment today. You need to say, maybe you were baptized as a child, and that's great, but man, you've been feeling in your heart for some time, man, I need to take, I need to do that baptism again, because I didn't understand it when I was a kid, and I don't ever allow, I don't worry about kids getting baptized, I, I don't, because man, if they have the faith to do it, man, I'm going to follow through with that. But if you just feel like, man, I need to be baptized again as an adult, hey, stand up today, and you can go into the lobby. We have brand new t-shirts, brand new shorts, not, even, not used, brand spanking new, man. I'm saying new, right from the store, man. We have them waiting for you. We have a brand new towel for you. You can take them all home. I don't care, okay? We just want you to get baptized today. But I want you to, it's not something to take lightly. It's something that you got to have faith for. And so I'm going to ask those that are getting baptized today, just head to the lobby right now, and we're going to celebrate here in just a minute, and we're going to, we're going to man, we're just going to be so happy. Come on. If you want to be baptized today, go into the lobby. They have everything ready for you today. Amen. Back to my message. The first step in fulfilling God's work in your life is choosing to follow Jesus. The second step in fulfilling God's work is allowing the goodness of God to be a light for others to see. Think about it this way. When you choose to follow Jesus, you have been adopted into his family. And being a part of God's family means that you're a part of the business, the family business. You can't be a part of his family without being a part of the family business. The family business is to share the love of God to others. That's what it is. It's so simple. It's just to share the love of God to others. I shared about these three churches in Revelations that represent different relationship with God. One was cold, one was hot, one was lukewarm. We know that we are saved by grace and grace alone. Don't ever forget that. Your works will never save you. We are saved by grace and grace alone. It is all 100% through the work of Jesus Christ. We can never earn our salvation through good works. But by doing the work of God, we are staying true to who God is in our life. I'll say it again. But by doing the work of God, our heart is staying true to our Heavenly Father. If you want to maintain a healthy connection with God, we need to be about doing the work that He has left us to complete. It requires that we remain faith-filled and active towards His kingdom. Consequently, I'm just going to share this. One of the best ways that you can maintain a greater connection with God is by making an effort to connect others to God. Let me share what I'm talking about. I've been in a family business for 10 years. We had a travel business. My dad was the one that began the business. My wife and I were involved, and my brother and his wife were involved in the business. My mom was involved in the business. We were about the business. Every single one of us wanted that business to succeed. You know what I'm saying? It was a part of our livelihood. When you get adopted into the family of Christ, guess what? You're adopted into that family business. You're about seeing others get revealed the love of God into their lives. 
I've had people ask me this question, which is what I was referring to earlier in my message. We're going to get to a new question. Pastor Tom, what's the best way of introducing my friends or a family member to God? It seems like I'm just, man, I, I try and they shut me down. And I, I, I try and they shut me down. What's the best way for me to introduce a friend or a brother or a sister or a father or a mother to Christ? And I'd say this to you, because I've been praying about this, I've been preparing this message. You have to believe. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What I mean is this. You can't expect someone else to follow you if you're not confident in following God. You can't expect someone else to follow you, because what does Paul say? He says, follow me as I follow Christ. But you can't expect someone to follow you if you don't have the confidence in what you're following. you got to have faith. you got to believe. If you want your family members, if you want your brother, your sister, your father and mother to find Christ, then man, give God your whole heart. Every bit of you. I'm never saying, I'm not saying that you'll never have momentary struggles of doubt or certain Certain, in, about certain situations but I am saying that your relationship with God will be resolute and unwavering even those times when all of a sudden a doubt comes you're still resolute and you're unwavering and you're heading that direction doesn't mean we'll never have doubt in our life but it means our eyes are going to continually stay focused on Jesus not having confidence in God and trying to share your faith is like a doctor who smokes trying to tell you about how, how, how to have good health when I first moved to Las Vegas years ago, we were there and I needed to find a doctor and I used to drive bus, so I used to keep my health card up on a regular basis and I knew I needed to get a physical, so I just found through the yellow pages or through whatever online, I found a doctor. This is a true story. I am not making up one iota of this story, even though it sounds like I am. I'm not. And I went to this doctor in Las Vegas, and I walked into the office, and you know, you sit in the waiting room, and I was sitting there for a while, and then all of a sudden they ushered me into a, the actual, you know, office where the doctor's going to come to see me, and I'm sitting in that office, and as I'm sitting in that office, the door all of a sudden opens, and as the door opens, guess what? The odor of cigarette smoke is literally coming into the office as he walks in that office. He sits down. His skin has literally turned kind of yellow from the years of smoking. He's about probably 60 years old. Maybe he's 30, but looks 60. I don't know. <laughs> he even had the yellow marks in between from the nicotine between his fingers. You know what I'm saying? He's talking to me about my health. As he's literally coughing up a lung. I'm not teasing. He's coughing the whole time. As we're, and I'm just going, are you kidding me? I was waiting for the cameras to be revealed. You know, like you're getting punked. You know, that's the thing. all of a sudden I'm being punked. And I was like, oh, there's the cam. And no cameras were revealed. This was a true life story. And he's trying to tell me about my health. And he can't even stop smoking cigarettes for his own health. I'm not going to him as a doctor. That was the last time I ever saw him. I literally plugged my ears almost. I mean, I, I didn't. I should have. But I just, I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing I can't hear you. Because I couldn't believe a word he said. 
Let's come over here. If you want someone to believe you and your testimony and your witness for God, then guess what? You need to get it sold out for God. Amen. You need to get him 100% of your heart. Hallelujah. If your family, hang on for a second because people got to hear this. I know you're sold out. You got to give your, your whole heart. You got you to, see, people are going to follow something when they see that you truly believe. They're going to follow something when they see what is different. I knew Mike, man. I know there's something different about him. What in the world is going on in his life? I know that guy. There's something changed about him. And if he confesses out of his mouth that, Mike, guess what? Jesus Christ is my Lord. Guess what they're going to, well, there's something different about you. I believe you, man. I believe you. And when that person all of a sudden gets to a place in their life where, man, things are falling apart, where all of a sudden they are losing hope, and all of a sudden you walk in through that door because all of a sudden they're seeing an example of a person that's sold out for God, they're going to listen. Because they're going to believe you. It's not going to be like that doctor that smoked the cigarette, talk, hacking up the lung. I went to my doctor just a couple days ago. Great doctor. I sat in there. I listened to every word he said. Because I felt like he cared. In fact, let me, this, let me, this week, in fact, if you want, I'll show you on my, on my phone. He literally emailed me this week. My doctor apologized for the long wait. In, in the lobby that we were waiting for about an hour. I just took my computer in and was doing my work. He emailed everybody that day and just said, you know what? I'm your doctor. I care for you. But because of your long wait today, it didn't seem like that, but I truly do. I want to let you... I'm going, oh my goodness. I believe that, doctor. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you have a child, if you have a father, mother, brother, sister, if you have a friend at work, and man, you've been believing for that person, I, can't, I challenge you to stay in faith. Stay in faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. God will do his work. But I will also challenge you to believe. Believe for yourself. Because all of a sudden, they'll start seeing that in a greater way than I'm preaching way too long today. I gotta get going here. I stated last week, God is looking for a faith that leads to obedience. I would state it again to you this week. God is looking for a faith that leads to obedience. I would dare say this, unbelievers are looking for that same faith. Did you catch that? I said that quick. Baptismal candidates, get ready. I would say God is looking for a faith that leads to obedience, and I would say, dare say unbelievers who are searching are looking for that same kind of faith, and you've got to expose that faith to them. They are looking for a church whose faith is so real that they can actually see the difference in the lives of those who attend the church. Why would you ever attend a church if you don't see lives being changed? Oh! Why would you ever want to attend a church if you don't see lives being changed? Just a social event. We need to see lives being changed. If you want to reach your family, your friends, for Jesus, be about the Father's business. Let God's love change you so radically that there is no denying 
that God has changed your life. Let his love change you so radically that there is no denying from anybody around you, man, that person knows Jesus. And they're going to follow you as you follow Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that it is powerful. It has so much authority that it can set us free from bondage. It can set us free from those things that won't try to take a stronghold in our life. And I pray today in the name of Jesus for those that are about ready to be baptized in water. God, that they, thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for their obedience. God, I pray for a miracle today as they're getting baptized, Lord God. As they go into the water, as they come out of that water, Lord God, whatever situation in their life, Lord God, that's been bothering them, Lord God, from the past or the present, God, I pray that they'll be set free, Lord God, from that. As they enter out of that water, Lord God, everything else be left behind. In Jesus' name I pray. Let it be a testimony of your goodness, I pray. Let it be a testimony of your faithfulness, I, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.